another edition of the Pull Tab Podcast. I'm Adam. Thank you for downloading, liking, subscribing, sharing with a friend. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. Wherever you can find podcasts, you can find me and this podcast as well. Thank you for jumping on my Twitter page, at Pull Tab Podcast, all one word. And also the feedback, Pull Tab Podcast at Yahoo.com. And some of the feedback I got this week has been, hey, basketball's not going, baseball's not going. You know, I gave you some PGA picks on my last podcast a couple days ago, but hey, what about NASCAR? NASCAR's running. Help me out with my fantasy team. Help me out with some sweet action to watch these races with while we're waiting for all these, some of these other sports to come back. So I always recap the weekend usually. After the race is over, we talk a little bit about it, but hey, let's get into it before the weekend, and maybe I can help you guys out with your fantasy team or if you want a little bit of sweet action. And there's no better time to get sweet action then this weekend, where the Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and Truck Series are all back in action at Pocono. The Tricky Triangle, two-and-a-half-mile racetrack, turn one, 14 degrees, shaped after Trenton Speedway, turn two, nine degrees of banking, mirrored after the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, and turn three, six degrees of banking, modeled after the Milwaukee Mile, the Great Milwaukee Mile. Love that place. Grew up watching races there. Love it. I hate that we don't go back there and race. NASCAR, IndyCar trucks, I just hate it because it's such a good little racetrack there in West Dallas, Wisconsin on the state fairgrounds. Where's turn four, you might ask, right? Well, that's Pocono's big thing. The Tricky Triangle, right? Long Pond, Pennsylvania, what turn four? They claim they have three turns. Turn one, turn two, and turn three. Here's the thing with Pocono. It's a good napping race. It really is. Unless you have a little sweet action on it or some fantasy or something to be interested in, usually Pocono is as boring as it gets on the cup circuit. Other than the start... And the restarts where they fan out seven, eight, nine wide going into turn one. Once you funnel it back down, everyone gets in line. Not a lot of cautions. Not a lot of tire dag, all that kind of thing going on there. So it's just really boring. Gets spread out quite a bit. Usually the winner wins by five, six, seven seconds. It's not very exciting. So if you're a new NASCAR fan and you're coming off the heels of Talladega, which was from the green flag to the checkered flag, was an awesome race like we talked about. Boy, do you're, you will be disappointed watching Pocono this coming weekend. But hey, NASCAR jam-packed schedule. They're doing a doubleheader thing this weekend with Cup. And really the reason I think they're doing it is because the track really isn't that exciting. And typically they run there in the summer and usually four weeks later they go back again. So they basically sandwiched the month of July going to Pocono. So they said, you know what, let's just cram two races in one weekend. Let's get it over with and let's get out of there. So Long Pond, Pennsylvania, like I mentioned, that's where they'll be at this weekend. The trucks are running on Saturday about 1230. Then the Cup Series will run the first of the doubleheader at 3.30. 325 miles long will be the race event. Sunday morning, Xfinity gets ready to rip at 12.30. 225-mile race there, followed by the Cup Series at 4 o'clock. 350 miles they'll post in the afternoon on Sunday for their second race of the weekend. Same car, motor transmission. There's some things you can do in between. I believe you can change brakes, stuff like that. But for the most part, the hard components of the car can't be changed. From race one to race two, otherwise you will start in the back of race two. So Pocono is a tough track. It's not really, you don't really see rookies very often run really well at Pocono. It's really hard. They start shifting nowadays into the turns. You're not just cranking it in fourth gear and letting her eat. The tunnel turn in turn two, that's modeled after Indy. They call it tunnel turn. That's where the tunnel is under the racetrack. It's got a lot of bumps, really big bumps there, really hard to manage. Try to get over that. Try to get the car to handle without getting upset, without the car getting upset. So there's a lot of factors as a crew chief work with drivers here to get the car handling well at Pocono. Aerodynamics is big. Big, long, long front straightaway, 3,740 feet. Very long. 
come off of turn three and you're hauling it all the way down into turn one. Fast, fast racetrack. Definitely want to have your brakes underneath you here for sure. And the handling. Not many grooves here. If you catch a guy, you're going to want to get it underneath him, move him up, and get past. They're not going to run two, three wide here by any means. Nothing like I mentioned before at Talladega or in some of these other racetracks like Fontana. You can slide around Michigan, run different grooves. Not really so much a Pocono. Pretty much want to be on the bottom of the racetrack through the turns. So you don't really see a lot of rookies come up and, and really dominate Pocono. It's pretty tough. It's pretty tough for rookie. You need to get laps here. So going into this weekend, like how I would handicap this weekend is I would kind of fade the rookies a little bit. I wouldn't jump on them so much because with minus with no practice time and just coming in and racing, some of the younger guys don't have a lot of laps here. And Pocono's a tough racetrack to get a hold of. So just because it's boring doesn't mean it's not a hard one to drive or hard one to get the car underneath you. But the Chiefs and the drivers will be working hard with each other to try to get the handling on this thing throughout the race, especially with no practice. So we'll take a real quick look at Xfinity. As I mentioned, they're going to run on Sunday at 1230 before the second cup race. A couple things here I'm looking at. You know, in Xfinity Series, there's probably five or six guys that are going to win every weekend, right? You're going to have your Gregsons and your Allgaiers and Burtons and Jones and some of these guys. Chase Briscoe for sure. Don't want to leave him out of the mix. But for the most part, that's what you got. So the odds aren't that great in Xfinity. They're pretty low. So let's take a look at a couple of my picks real quick. Allgaier has been fast everywhere lately. He's been really, really good. He goes off right now as we stand today as I record this on Thursday, June 25th at 7-1. Harrison Burton, 9-1. His teammate Brandon Jones over there at Joe Gibbs Racing at 14-1. So those are the kind of guys I look at. Like I mentioned, rookies, Harrison Burton hasn't really run a lot there, but the Gibbs cars have been really, really fast at Pocono, and I think a lot of information will trickle down to them, especially from Hamlin and Kyle Busch. And even Eric Jones, some of these guys at Gibbs over there, they do a really good job. But I'm going to go with Allgaier in the Xfinity Series at 7-1. to one. I'm sure Gregson will be fast. Chase Briscoe will be fast. All the usual cast of characters. But Allgaier has really showed speed everywhere here lately. I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier in the Xfinity race on Sunday. He goes off at 7-1. to one. If you want a long shot for Xfinity, and this is an absolute long shot, Moffitt. I think Moffitt at 500-1, to one, he's running for R Motorsports, which... You know, a very, very, very small team. It only runs a handful of races of the year. But Moffitt's a former champion in the truck series. He's a good driver. He's a good wheel man. 500 to 1, I'd take a shot at it. You know, and the thing is, too, with some of these long shots, you can't forget, up in the Poconos, up in the Pocono Mountains, weather's always coming and going. So with some of these late starts, and we'll talk a little bit about my long shots for the Cup Series, the early races with the trucks and Xfinity maybe not affected so much, but a lot of weather likes to move into the area in the afternoon. And that's a whole other thing, too. These, these late afternoon starts for the Cup Series, man, just put yourself in a box. And it's like Talladega on Sunday. This, the, the race was at 3.30. It started so late, it allowed the weather to move in, washed them out. If they would have started that thing at noon, they would have got that race in. You know, years ago, they used to run, when I used to live back in Wisconsin, Central Time, Eastern Time at noon, Central Time at 11 o'clock. Cup would be on at Loudon and Dover in some of these races. The only time you really saw the later start times were when they were in Phoenix and Fontana and Sonoma, some of the tracks on the West Coast, which was cool, which was always fun to watch the after, late afternoon races. Or, of course, the Saturday night races at Bristol and Richmond and, and Daytona Fall Race and stuff like that. But, man, I really wish NASCAR would go back to some of the earlier start times. You probably could avoid some of this Mother Nature that moves into the area. And the thing is, even if you move them up and the rain comes in, you give yourself a chance if the track doesn't have lights to dry, you know, it gives you the ability to try to get the race in. When you start the race so late, you don't have much of a time to drive the track if it doesn't have lights, 
which is exactly what happened in Talladega. No time to drive the racetrack. Now, obviously, Talladega's 2.6 miles, and it's very, very large. It takes a long time to dry. But even if it was a smaller track, mile and a half, mile racetrack, same thing. Later start times, no lights. You really paint. You really put yourself in a box, in my opinion, for NASCAR to get these races in on Sunday. And that's the thing is you lose some viewership on Monday. Now, the viewership for Talladega is pretty good on Monday, but everyone's going to tune in, tune in to Talladega. And obviously, a lot of people working from home. Quarantine's still happening you know, across the country, so you're going to get some good ratings, but not as much as you would have gotten on Sunday. So, recap, I like Algar and Xfinity race. Harrison Burton, Brandon Jones are probably going to run really well there, even though they're inexperienced. I'm kind of going against what I said there before, the Xfinity, but Xfinity, all these guys are pretty much inexperienced. And Moffitt, total long shot, 501. All right, let's dive into the Cup Series. Gibbs has just been really, really good here as of late. Last year, both races were won by Gibbs drivers. Kyle Busch and Denny Hamlin. No shock with Denny Hamlin. This is a track that he's really good at. He's always going to run up front. So it's kind of hard, you know, it's it's kind of hard, but it's interesting to kind of handicap this this weekend because this is really a, the first doubleheader that we've really seen with the Cup Series in the modern era. No practice, no qualifying. You're going to run race race one. Well, for race two, like I mentioned, you can't change the hard components of the race car without starting at the rear of the field, but get a chance to work on these things. Learn what, you know, take a look at what you learned from race one and apply it to race two. So if you have a guy that's out to lunch in race one, he might be able to get it dialed in for race two. So this is really kind of tough to handicap. I'm going to, you know, just give you winners for both races, and I'm going to give you a couple guys I like to show, some guys I would fade, and some sleeper picks. But I'll give you a winner for each event. Like I mentioned, it's kind of hard to do. You don't know how these guys are going to react and how they're going to change their cars from Saturday to Sunday. But let's just jump right into it. So race one, I'm going to go right off the bat with Denny Hamlin. As of right now, he's going off at 8-1. to one. I just think this is a good track for him. He's been showing speed all year long. I mean, even when he runs into problems... Has a tire go down in Talladega last week, gets the right caution, right? The rain comes out, gets back in lead lap, drives back to the front. Could have had a pretty decent finish there. He's just, you know, right now things are, are, are pointing all 11 FedEx Toyota. I mean, they are right now this year. Daytona 500 champion. He's running really well. I think right now the favorite probably to win the championship as we stand today, although there could be a certain argument for Chase Elliott to be thrown into that mix. But Denny Hamlin really right now is just really running well, and performing. So race one, I'm going to give it to Denny Hamlin. The FedEx Toyota gets in the victory lane. Race two on Sunday, I'm going to go with the other guy I just mentioned as a championship candidate, Chase Elliott. Same thing here. Fast, fast, fast. He's 8-1 to one currently right now. But here's the thing with Chase Elliott. Stay away from the 22 car. Gotta stay away from Joey Logano. He's obviously not happy with you from weeks past, and he's showing it on the racetrack. So Chase Elliott stays away from Joey Logano. I think he gets the checkered flag on Sunday afternoon race two. So we'll go with Hamlin on Saturday, and we'll go with Old Chase on Sunday, both 8-1. to one. So not a huge big payout there. All right, let's talk about some guys to show for your fantasy picks or your parlays or whatever the case may be. Ryan Blaney, been pretty fast as of uh, early in this year, kind of tailed off a little bit, got back to victory lane at Talladega, had the best car all day. He's going off a 12-1. I could see him running well here. He got a win here a couple years ago, his first cup win with the Wood Brothers and that 21 car. You know, this is a tough place to, to drive. So this track fits some guys and, and not others. And that's what you'll find when you handicap a lot of this stuff. And it's funny because I remember years ago in the 90s, you know, mid-90s, late 90s, even in the early 2000s, if you went to a racetrack, it was like there was three guys that were going to win, right? Like, no matter where you went. If you went to the road course, it was like it's going to be Jeff Gordon or it's going to be Tony Stewart or 
there was guys that were going to win that race. You go to New Hampshire, it was Dale Jarrett, it was Ricky Rudd, it was Jeff Gordon, right? Those are the guys that had the field covered. And Jimmy Johnson's there at Dover. Dover. You went to Dover, Jimmy Johnson was going to be the man to beat there. Now, these guys are all so good. The teams are all so good. The crew chiefs are so good. The mechanics, everybody that has really leveled the playing field. And a lot of these guys have honed their craft over the years, just like road courses. You're not going to find too many guys anymore that can't run a road course. They used to bring in road course ringers back in the day, the Boris Seds and Ron Fellows. And these guys had a legitimate shot at winning these races because there was mainly four or five cup drivers that could win a road course. Now you go to the road course, ringers, not, not very often do they come to the racetrack anymore. And all these cup guys are really, really good. Now it's, you have 25 guys that could win at a road course now. They've really worked at it. Some of these guys have swallowed their pride a little bit, got some driver coaching, went to some of these sports car guys, went to the Boris Seds. And said, hey, teach me, you know, help me. Obviously, that's it's paid big dividends for a lot of guys. So getting into some of the handicapping, it's it's a little bit trickier than it used to be. It used to be, you know, you could pretty much pinpoint who were going to be the top three almost on any weekend. But now there's so many guys that are so good. Like I mentioned, the teams are good. It's such an even playing field when it comes to handicapping NASCAR. So back to the, back to the showing, good showings. I like Blaney. Kyle Busch, of course. He's going to go off here today, too, at 8-1 at to one so far. Kyle, again, very, very good here. Wouldn't be surprised to see him run up front. Hamlin, Bush, under that Joe Gibbs banner I mentioned about. They've been so good here. They're both past winners from 2019. William Byron. William Byron's actually been running really decent here as of late. Hasn't had the finishes to show for it in some, but he's been pretty fast. And he's actually come through the field a few times in some of these races. Ran into problems on pit, pit road or a tire went down, and he's driven back through the field. So Byron at 24-1, to 1, not that bad of a pick either, but definitely for a fantasy play. And then Keselowski. Keselowski, 8-1. to one. Jeremy Bullins is his crew chief. Jeremy Bullins was a crew chief for Blaney when he won for the Wood Brothers there a couple years back. Knows how to get around this place. And obviously, Brad, he's pretty good, pretty much good everywhere. Past champion. All right, let's talk about some guys to fade. Maybe you don't want to add to your fantasy team. I hate to do it, but Jimmy Johnson had a shot there at the end of Talladega. Obviously, Talladega and Pocono, night and day difference of how these races are. But JJ just... I don't know. He's been okay this year, but hasn't been great. It just kind of keeps running to that 10th to 15th spot every week. I'd fade JJ here. I hope I'm wrong. Like I said, I really want to see him get a win here in his, in his quote-unquote retirement year. I'd love to see it. But I'd fade Jimmy this week. I'd stay away from him. Bubba Wallace, obviously all the talk that's going on there around Bubba. In my podcast earlier in the week, we talked about the noose that was in the garage. It has come out yesterday, thankfully in a great relief that that was not the case that it was a pull rope from the garage door, and that there was no malicious or racist intent of somebody doing that in the garage area. There were some pictures that surfaced from October 2019 from the fall race of some of the garages that have showed that loop hung on the door. It's very, very similar to what you would tie a noose to, for sure, from the pictures that I saw. But from what the FBI's findings were, it was a rope for the pull door that just happened to be tied similar to that, but there was no, no intent or act or threat I'm Bubba Wallace, so I can speak for everybody that that's a big relief. Again, it doesn't change the fact of how good that NASCAR community came together to support him and how much that bind, you know, that bounded all the teams and drivers and everyone together. So a little update on that. Relief, thankfully, that was not nothing more than what it was. So Bubba this week, I'd fade him in your fantasy picks again. Tough racetrack. Bubba, not a ton of laps at Pocono, a few years there, but I'd fade him this week. Tough track. Kurt Busch. Kurt is a tough one because Kurt is so good everywhere they go, but him and Matt McCall have just, they put the top 10s together this year, and he's very, very consistent. 
I just think he's going to be off a little bit this week. Not, nothing necessarily against Kurt, but I just think this isn't going to be his week. So I'd fade Kurt. Alex Bowman, I'd fade him a little bit this week for the fantasy picks. Don't see him doing too much here. And, you know, this is going to sound kind of weird, but I actually would probably stay away from Truex Jr. this week in your fantasy. Probably going to cost too much money. I know he's a Gibbs driver. I get it. I like Denny. I like Kyle. And we'll talk about Eric Jones in a minute. But Truex, I just don't feel great about him. Last couple races, I haven't felt that great about Truex at Pocono. I'd fade him. So fantasy picks, my opinion, I'd stay away from JJ, Bubba, Kurt, Bowman, and Truex Jr. All right, let's talk about some sleepers. Okay, sleepers for fantasy or sleepers for some sweet action. Like I mentioned, getting some sweet action this weekend on Pocono is probably the only way you're going to stay awake during this race. I'm telling you, if you're new to the NASCAR scene, Pocono, ugh, just so boring. All right, sleepers. We're off the bat, Eric Jones. Eric Jones is 20 to 1 going into this race. Ran really, really strong last year. Okay, top fives, really strong. This just seems to be a track that really suits his driving style. Eric Jones would not be 20 to 1 here if it wasn't for how he's run last year. Let's just be straight up honest. Vegas would not be putting him that low. 20 to 1 is pretty good odds to try to, to try to get some coin, get some, you know, try to cash in on. But he's more like going to be the 40 to the 50 to 1 most every place we go. So Eric Jones, sleeper pick. You're probably going to see a ton of people in fantasy this week. I would imagine hop on Eric Jones. I don't play fantasy. Like I mentioned, I would imagine whatever his his salary is this week or however the fantasy works there about getting your team or how the cost of your team, I'm saying, he's probably going to be bumped up a little bit. So you're probably going to see other people take Eric Jones this week for that reason alone. Another guy, a little bit of a sleeper, Clint Boyer. Clint Boyer is at 50-1 to 1 this week. He hasn't, actually hasn't been running all that bad. You know, he led a ton of laps at Darlington and slid back there at the end. He's showing some speed this year. So 50 to 1, that's not a bad flyer. Jump on him. Another guy, Tyler Reddick. Rookie, like I mentioned, but he's the two-time Xfinity champion in the last two years. 80 to 1 he sits as of today. That's not a bad play either. Tyler Reddick has definitely, definitely shown he's much more than a rookie in the Cup Series this year. He's been running really, really, really good. He's got a good head on his shoulders. Keeps the car clean. 80 to 1, not bad to take a flyer. I'm going to throw Matt Kenseth in this in this mix. Obviously, Matt started off strong at Darlington with a good finish and has completely faded since then. He got him at 100 to 1 right now. The only reason I throw Kenseth in here is like we talked about with some of the the rain that moves in in the afternoon. And that's where some of these sleeper picks come into play if you're going to if you're going to bet on these guys, not necessarily fantasy, but if you're going to go to the window in Vegas or whatever and put some money down on these guys. Kenseth's the guy to look out for for the rain game, right? He'll hang out, he'll keep his nose clean, he'll run 15th. You know, late race, weather can be moving in, guys are pitting, caution comes out, he stays out, plays a game. Kenseth is certainly good for that that kind of move. So 100 to 1, again, just a total flyer. And really one guy I would look at, Chris Busher. 500 to 1. Now, I'm not saying he's going to go out and win this thing, but I would definitely put him in my fantasy picks this week. I would definitely put Busher, Boyer, and Jones in my fantasy picks this week. Jones basically just to keep up with everybody else because... They're going to have him in there too. But I really like Chris Buescher this week. Last year, he finished 14th in the first race, 16th in the second race. That's pretty respectable. So he's got some laps, ran all the laps like we talk about with some of these young guys. You only get better when you run all the miles and run all the laps. Sitting in the garage doesn't get you anything. So I would definitely put Buescher on my fantasy team this week for sure. 500 to 1, obviously, that's a super huge long shot to win. Not saying he's going to win the race, but fantasy-wise, I definitely would slide, slide him in there. All right, let's take a couple quick Look at some head-to-heads. If you're new to the head-to-head game for NASCAR props, Vegas will usually put out 
exactly what it means, a head-to-head. They'll take two drivers to give you some odds, and you get to bet on them. So I got three of them here. Let's take a look at that I like. First one, Kyle Busch is a minus 130. He's going up against Denny Hamlin at a plus 100. Well, I already told you I like Hamlin to win the race. So I like Hamlin here at a plus 100. Kyle Busch is at a minus 130. So if you like him, you got to put up 130 to win 100. Like we talked about in the past about some of these gambling odds and how they work. So I like Hamlin over, over Kyle there at plus 100. Next one, Kevin Harvick against Denny Hamlin. Harvick is a minus 130. Dan, Denny Hamlin's a plus 100. Again, I like Hamlin here. I didn't really mention Harvick's name. Harvick will be a factor everywhere we go. I don't see him winning this week, but I do like Hamlin over Kevin Harvick. Again, Harvick's a minus 130. Hamlin's a plus 100, so I'll take Hamlin with even money on that one. And the last one we'll take a look at is Martin Truex Jr. against Chase Elliott. Like I mentioned, I, I don't see Truex running great here, maybe 12th to 15th, 10th to 15th for some reason. I, just have, I don't know. I just have a feeling about it. I don't have any stats to back it up. I know he hasn't run all that great there in, you know, last year, let a ton of laps or anything like that. But for some reason, I just don't think he's going to be a strong car out of the Gibbs stable this week. And both of them are at minus 115. So they're basically saying, hey, it's pretty much even up. Put up 115 to win 100. I like Chase here that I mentioned. I have him winning in the second race, him and Alan Gustafson making changes. Get that nine Napa Chevy up front. So those are some of my head-to-heads that I have there that I looked at. This is the first time I kind of give you some, some NASCAR picks here. So let me know what you think. Let me know how you did in your fantasy team. Let me know if it was bad, if it was good or indifferent. Obviously, I'll know if it was bad because I'll be watching. You want any advice? Send me, send me a note. PullTabPodcast at Yahoo.com. You can check out my Twitter page, like I mentioned, at PullTabPodcast, all one word, Twitter handle. Again, thank you for liking, subscribing, downloading, sharing. You know, pass it on to your friends. If they like NASCAR talk, you know, you have some friends that like to get a little bit of sweet action and wager on some stuff, pass it along to them. It's much appreciated. Hope your fantasy picks are good. If you get a little sweet action this weekend, I hope this helps. And if anything, I hope this maybe just gives you a little more insight in NASCAR if you're a new fan or if you really haven't watched it or just started watching it because it's really been the only sport other than golf now to get going here to get going again. I gave you some picks in my last podcast for the PGA Tour. They teed off this morning. Get that tournament rolling. A couple picks that I gave you on my podcast. Victor Hovland, he's sitting in fourth spot right now, minus six. Rom, a little further back at minus four. The leader's at minus ten. To give you a little bit of perspective there. Mickelson is hanging in there at minus six. That's pretty good for Phil to get going. Mackenzie Hughes is leading the tournament at minus ten. My pick to win, Justin Thomas. Struggling a little bit right now. He's at a plus two, but he's got four holes to play. Get that thing back to even. Mackenzie Hughes, Michael Thompson, Tyler Duncan, those guys won't last. But look, Xander Shuffley's up there. McElroy's up there. Mickelson's up there. Garcia, like I mentioned, I fade, I'd fade him this week. Don't worry about him. He should fall back. Ustazen, Hovland, who I gave you, and DeChambeau's sitting at minus five. Not too concerned either with my pick of fading him. Long way to go there as far as that goes. So... All right, well, that's it for my NASCAR picks, Pocono style, this week. So I'll try to get to this maybe a little short podcast after my normal one every week, give you some picks. Maybe I'll try to incorporate some picks if I record it a little bit later on in the week. So, again, let me know how you do. So I hope this helped, and good luck on your fantasy picks. As always, I appreciate you listening and tuning in. And until next time, have a good one.